Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This podcast is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. programs and we're back for another episode of the nerd cave retro show my name is jason robbins and i am not award-winning comedy writer wally phelps but i am award-winning comedy writer Derek diamond he has returned returned to the the pilot seat back uh back from my travels back from uh film screenings all that fun stuff but it's it's good to be back i've missed doing the show it it felt weird not sitting here on a Monday night, so I'm glad I'm back. It was weird not having you here, and then I had everything planned out for the last two weeks. I was like, all right, we'll have Wally, and then we'll have Jacob, and then Jacob, you know, lost his father, so I had to scramble to to get Wally back on the show for Monday, and uh, had to I did an early review. I wasn't ready to review it yet because I hadn't finished the game, but I went ahead and reviewed Minish Cap, and uh, I, I'm actually still playing it. I'm on the the on track for the fourth uh, element right now, and uh, should be done with it within the next week or so. Worst case scenario, we could always do a revisit of it. Yeah, I'm enjoying it, man. Have you started it yet? I haven't yet. I've been wanting to. Uh, I did listen to both the shows that that Wally did. So Wally, thank you for filling in for me over the last couple of weeks. But uh, it, it sounds really fun from from what you were saying and it's a zelda game that i don't really know a ton about because i never played it one of the few zelda games i haven't played but i did uh over the weekend i played through the original legend of zelda and beat it yesterday and i was thinking because we have tears of the kingdom coming out in a couple of weeks 
what if because I think my next review is the Monday after uh, it comes out. What if we revisit that game? I'm okay with that. I actually I'd like to go back and replay it. I haven't played it through and uh I think I started a playthrough back in like 2016 when we first started this show again cuz I'd beat it when I was a kid around like 91 I think I beat it. It was actually after I beat Link to the Past. I went back and played the original beat that. So it had to be like 92 probably the last time I played really played through it and beat it. Uh, and then started a playthrough around 2016, and then just kind of never went back to it. Did we ever review it? Like, just a straight-up mm-hmm. review? Yeah, you did a while back on the show. Because I, I went back and looked to see what Zelda games we have and haven't talked about. And I, I was thinking it, it'd be a good time to to kind of go back and look at it. It was a couple of years ago that you reviewed it. Yeah, I, maybe I did play through it again, and I just don't remember. I can I can look in the archives real quick and figure that out, but it it was fun to go back and play through it. I haven't really sat down and played that game since like I played it on the Game Boy Advance when it was re-released as part of like the classic NES collection. Yeah. Man, I want to go back and play. Let's do that. <laughs> we can do the dual review here in the next when do you want to do that? Uh, my next review will be on the 15th, which is the Monday after Tears of the Kingdom comes out. So I thought it'd be a nice little tie-in, too. Sounds good to me. But, uh, yeah, I know okay. we need to get uh, Jacob Craig back on the show soon uh, as a guest because he wanted to do Resident Evil 4 Remake. And um, I'm very right. curious about that game. I've been watching some playthroughs on YouTube of some different people playing it. I really want to play it. I'm just... Don't have the money to slap down seventy bucks for a new game right now, so I'm gonna have to wait a little bit till maybe it goes on sale. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to having to pay seventy dollars for Tears of the Kingdom. I know it'll be worth it, but still, like, it's just a sign that like games like everything else are more expensive now. Yeah, I don't like it, uh, and, and that's I'm gonna, not a fan either. It's gonna hurt seventy bucks for a new game, and I have to get. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom when it first comes out. I mean, it's it's Zelda, man. I gotta play it. I feel like I'd ruin my reputation if I didn't get it the the first day it came out. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, but anything uh, you wanted to throw out there before we go into the news tonight? Anything about your your trip? Uh, I went to Denver for our one year anniversary. It was great. I didn't want to come back. Hmm. Uh, um, weather was perfect. Um, not too hot, not too cold. I'm sure I probably gained at least five pounds from all the food that we ate. Uh, but it it was it was really good. And then uh, last week I was part of a like local film screening where we showed the feature, some other uh, locally made projects. We played Survey, which I hadn't watched that in several. Well, I will say several years because it was several years ago that it was made. But it pro- it's probably been at least two maybe three years since i've watched it so it was good to watch that again and we did a q a afterwards and it was it was a lot of fun that's awesome so what's the the signature dish out of denver you know how every, every city kind of has their own signature dish that you have to try what is Denver's? oh man an omelet? I, I don't know <laughs> maybe yeah, it could be we didn't have uh i didn't have an omelet um I'm trying to think i don't know that we had a signature 
dish, but my favorite thing that we had there was uh, there was like this breakfast place called the Denver Biscuit Company, and they have um, these gourmet type biscuits that you can get. And they had this one called the Franklin. It was this giant biscuit with a giant piece of fried chicken in the middle of it, all topped with mushroom gravy. Really? (laughs) Oh, my God. It was so good that we went. the So we did our flight left at like four something in the afternoon that Tuesday. We went back that morning and got that biscuit again. Like, that's how good it was. We went back (laughs) multiple times. That's awesome. Yeah, I've never uh, never heard of that. The uh, a chicken biscuit Denver with biscuit mustard. Company. Yeah, with, I mean uh, mushroom mushroom gravy gravy on it. That, mustard that, gravy would be well. Yeah, first mu- of all, if mushroom <laughs> mustard. or mustard gravy was a thing, <laughs> I'd want to at least try it. That sounds good, but actually. I probably wouldn't like it. And I, I like both things, so who knows? It might actually be good. Do biscuits and mustard are good? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've never, I've never really thought about that before. Like, what is the signature dish for for Denver? Because, like, you know, you go to New York, you got to have either some, you know, some Italian or some pizza. Uh, you go to Chicago, they have the deep dish pizza. You come here to the, you know, go to New Orleans, you got to have a po' boy, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the West Coast, I think of uh, California burritos. Oh yeah. So, uh, let's see, signature dish. Of Denver, I'm gonna laugh if it says the omelet. It's gotta be the omelet. Uh, there's all kinds of lists. Uh, on this one, Rocky Mountain oysters. Ooh, I figured that would be one. one. <laughs> I don't know that I'd trust seafood from a place that far away from the ocean, though. Dude, that is not seafood. I mean, given that I live in a place where I could like drive 20 minutes and catch my own, I'm not, I wouldn't trust somewhere in the Midwest. You know what Rocky Mountain oysters are though, right? Well, yeah, but (laughs) my point still stands. Which I I have had what the, uh, uh, an equivalent called calf fries before when I was in Oklahoma and uh, I got tricked into eating them. And let me just say it was not a pleasant experience. I will not I be doing not. that again. Um, it, it it reminded me of fried chicken fat, is what it what it Ugh. reminded me of. <laughs> it was so disgusting. <laughs> uh, that that makes me sick just thinking about it. Yep. And on that note, let's go to the news, shall we? <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> have a story you'd like us to cover send them to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com and the first story tonight comes from nintendolife.com mario movie crosses the billion dollar mark at the global box office uh this was monday uh today at uh, 10 15 this morning and as expected the super mario brothers movie has officially crossed the 1 billion mark worldwide uh, this is just the latest milestone for the movie directed by aaron horvath and michael Jelinek. According to Variety, Nintendo and Illumination's animated film has managed to cross the landmark figure in just 26 days, grossing $490 million in North America and $532 million internationally. The film opened in Japan this past Friday, the 28th of April. That is a large sum of money for Nintendo to say, hey, 
Maybe we should make some more Nintendo movie stuff, like Metroid and Zelda. If they don't, that has to be, if not the like, top three dumbest decision that they would ever make. And think it made all this money without opening in Japan, <laughs> where Nintendo is based out of. For real. How insane is that? I know. It just goes to show you the the appeal and the power of Mario and that whole mm-hmm. franchise. Everything around it. Mario, Luigi, the princess, Donkey Kong, everything that's within that Mario universe. It is it is the new Mickey Mouse, the new Disney. Like it is just everybody loves it. You know, little kids love Mario. Old people love Mario. People our age love Mario. He's universal, that character. I think that's why that movie's done so well is that it it appeals to such a wide range of people from, you know, kids, because it looks like a fun kids movie. It appeals to people our age and older that grew up playing the games. So, yeah, so many people are going to go see it. And uh, I just wonder when they're going to officially announce that there will be a sequel because they haven't done it yet, which I'm a little surprised by that. But like this just opens up so many possibilities. And I, I don't want to say that this is the trend of like a, an MCU type thing, but it could be the next craze of movies. You know how like once Blade and X-Men were successful, all these studios were trying to get as many comic properties as they can. What if that happens with Nintendo now? Well, I hope so. I mean, we they already proved with... Um, the last of us that you could do a serious version of a video game property as long as you treat it with the respect that it you know that it is storytelling it's it that game had a great story great characters and they successfully translated that to the screen it's not hard to do and you take a character like mario who lives in such a fantastical world all you got to do is just give him a simple story and that's all it needs. It it just needs to be done with respect and, you know, with humor and they, they could do it with everything. I mean, we could get a Metroid movie. Now we can get a Zelda series. Like, why not? Like it, they proved that it can be done. The day that a Zelda series or movie is announced, I'm probably going to be unbearable to be around. <laughs> emergency pod. We'll have to do an emergency pod that day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I could probably go for at least 45 minutes on the topic because I, I have so many ideas of what I would do. It depends on if it's a movie or a show, but I, there's the possibilities are endless. And even beyond Metroid and at Zelda, you have Star Fox, you've got F-Zero, you've got so many other properties that can work as fun movies or shows. And now with, you know, Mario, with Last of Us, and you're even dating back a little farther with the Sonic movies, it, the the formula is out there. Mm-hmm. Now other studios just need to to take that formula and make magic happen. Yep, we need a Mega Man movie. Need uh, what else? What else do we need, man? We already got a good Mortal Kombat movie a couple of years ago. Yeah, which I think the sequel is about to start filming if it hasn't yeah. already. We've had that. Um, they, they, they... I still say a live action Castlevania would be pretty <sighs> sick. Yes. Why not? Let's do it. Yeah, 
Have you seen the Mario movie yet? I have not. Dude, I've been so busy. I just cannot carve out two hours to go to the theater to see it. Hopefully you'll be able to, because it, it's it's as good as everyone's saying it is. Yeah, everything's kind of calming down for me this week, so hopefully I'll be able to go see it in the next couple of days. Hopefully so. Our next story also comes to us from NintendoLife.com. The Jurassic Park games are getting a 30th anniversary retro collection, and the, the cover art made me laugh. <laughs> It it made me chuckle. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll say that with uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character yeah. being cornered by, <laughs> by a raptor. Uh, if you're eager to seek your teeth into some more retro game collections, you'll be pleased to know physical distributor Limited Run Games has announced a Jurassic Park 30th anniversary collection. It'll be re- released at some point later this year. No platforms have been announced just yet. Attached to this teaser announcement was an image featuring games from the NES, Game Boy, and Super Nintendo era. Of course, the at Limited Run Games on Twitter, I have to read the exact tweet. Hold on to your butts. The Jurassic Park 30th Anniversary Retro Collection is planned for later this year. Stay tuned for even more news at LRG3 this June. So, I, I, I'll be honest, I forgot there were Jurassic Park games. To be honest, they're not that great. <laughs> they're just not. That's unfortunate. I mean, I remember playing the Super Nintendo one. Uh, I remember renting it when I was a kid, and it was just not uh, not that great. I, re- I remember maybe the Genesis one was a little bit better because it's a completely different. They're two completely different games. Like the Genesis one is more of a a side scroller. I think, and the Super Nintendo version is more of a top-down sort of Zelda-ish kind of viewpoint. Um, but I just remember not liking it that much. Was there a Jurassic Park arcade game? Yeah, there was the one where it, it was the big shooter, I think. Wasn't yeah. It? I always get that and Turok confused because they're... They're both kind of the same thing. Yeah. But I, I do remember there being a Jurassic Park game for the, the arcade. I mean, I don't know that I'll pick this up, but I think it's cool that they're doing it for the 30th anniversary. I can't believe that movie is 30 years old. No I watched it on TV the other day. It still holds up. Like, oh, yeah. it's still an excellent, excellent movie. Uh, I mean, this would be interesting to have. I never played the Game Boy versions, or I don't think I played the uh, Nintendo version either. Maybe it's something I need to go back and revisit and uh, maybe do a review of, but I I just remember not liking the Super Nintendo version. Yeah, depending on the price, it might be worth it just to kind of go back in it. I'd say if you're a Jurassic Park fan, it's probably worth having it if you collect like Jurassic Park memorabilia, but we'll, we'll see. Let's see. This next story comes from... Let's see. From Eurogamer.net, Atari acquires the rights to 100-plus retro game IP, including Bubsy and Hardball. Um, Let's see. Atari has whipped out its wallet and snapped up the intellectual property rights to over 100 retro games from the 80s and 90s, including Bubsy, Demolition Racer, and more. Specifically, Atari's new acquisitions span the PC and console game catalogs, uh, publishers Micropose, Infogrames, Accolade, and Atari also now owning the Accolade trademark. Uh, still hasn't shared a full list of the retro IP it now owns after its most recent splurge. 
so there will be no time for lengthy bouts of nostalgia, but it's announced. Announcement did at least call out the aforementioned Bubsy and Demolition Racer alongside Hardball, Pacific uh, 1942 Pacific Air War, F-117A, and F-14 combat air combat series. So looks like Atari might be trying to uh, might be trying to uh, make a little bit of a comeback. When the nuclear holocaust happens, three things will survive. Twinkies, cockroaches, and Atari. I feel like <laughs> every like month or two, we hear some kind of story about Atari trying to make a comeback. And I want them to. Like Atari is an iconic name in the gaming world. We'll see if it sticks this time. And I, I think this is probably the smartest strategy that I've heard them take. So we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I think them getting the rights to over 100 games is mm -hmm. pretty smart. Yeah, I don't think Atari is quite the company that it used to be <laughs> back in the day. I think it's complete. It's been bought and sold so many times. No telling who's running that company at this point. So we'll see. We'll see what they're going to do in the next year or two. Maybe one day Nerd Cave Retro will own Atari. Maybe. Pool our money. <laughs> we'll hit a Patreon mark. We'll buy Atari. Yeah. If we make $100 million, <laughs> we will buy Atari. Let's see. Our last story comes to us from hard-drive.net. Everything we know so far about Sega buying, is it Rovio or Ravio? I think it's Rovio. Okay, that's what I'm going to go with. Uh, Sega surprised many last week by purchasing Finnish mobile game studio Rovio for $775 million. I didn't know Sega what does this mean for the future? $775 million. <laughs> As all from the Sonic movies. Yeah. Uh, what does this mean for the future of these two companies? Here's everything we know so far Sega has hinted that these popular cinematic characters might have a whole new world of adventure waiting for them on our home console. Uh, video game adaptations of hit films like Sonic the Hedgehog and the Angry Birds Movie 2 are expected soon. They have to call it Sonic the Movie the Game. Yeah. <laughs> that Oh, that would make me so happy. Uh, yeah, Sega still wants to keep up with Nintendo. This is kind of a... Not a very well laid out article. Yeah, it just it sort of uh, there, lays There's out... like a headline, picture, and then like two lines of text yeah it just basically they picked up angry birds uh, and apparently flappy bird or whatever that i remember yeah. flappy bird yeah rumors are circulating that sega offered to give the guy that made flappy bird 50 bucks he reportedly uh preparing a counter offer <laughs> <laughs> i will sell it for no less than 51 dollars but that's cool that Sega picked up Rovio, cause it, especially for the Angry Birds IP, because mm -hmm. that seems that seems like something Sega could take and make a pretty cool uh, set of console sort of games with it. Yeah. Now, if they made a game of the movie adaptation of Sonic, would you make it like a 3D game? Or would you make it like the old school 2D game? Oh, I don't know. Maybe... Maybe if you do Sonic the movie, the game, it's based off the movie. You could make it a little more realistic like the movie was and actually put it in a 3D world. 
and maybe then a 3D Sonic would work. I don't know. They got to get Jim Carrey to revise oh, the voice of Robotnik. He would. You know he would. I would hope so. <laughs> I would really hope so. I, I'll go ahead. Rampage in the chat room says, Nintendo made money on an IP that people love, which means they won't make any more. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I, would any of us be shocked? No, I, I would not shock me at all if Super Mario Brothers was a one-and-done thing. It's like they just wanted to prove their point. Yeah. They're like, okay, now we're done. <laughs> of course. Thanks, there, Nintendo. <laughs> there was a funny meme I saw on uh, on Twitter today. It was one of those like split-screen ones where in 93 it had uh, Mario from the live-action movie, and he was being laughed at by Mickey standing in front of a Lion King poster. <laughs> and then it fast forward to 2023, Mario's laughing at Mickey. Yeah. No kidding. How oh how the turns table. <laughs> <laughs> how the turntables. <laughs> uh, but it uh, is time. Shout out to Michael Scott. Yeah, no kidding. I was, I was wondering where I got that from. Uh but it is uh, time uh, to go into this month in video game history. <laughs> On May 12th of 1989, Konami releases Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the NES in Japan, one of the first video games based on the 1987 animated series, being released after the show's second season. Still, up to this day, one of my favorite NES games, even though it is brutally hard. I went back and played it on the Kawabunga collection. Mm -hmm. It's still fun, but man, that, that water level... Once you get Where you used have to disarm to it, those bombs, dude. Once you get used to it, it it's uh, watch some speedrunners do it, and you'll get ideas of how to get through that section. That would probably just blow my little mind. Yeah, watching that happen. <laughs> you basically you got to sacrifice Mikey. Poor Mikey, he gets sacrificed. Uh, but, you know, uh, kind of a re reverse last Ronin. Yeah, because he was always my favorite character to play in that game when I was a kid, but it, it didn't occur to me till I got older and started, you know, basically speedrunning that game that Mikey is just cannon fodder in that game. He's the turtle you use when you know you got to sacrifice somebody because he's not good at anything. You know, you got to save Donatello. Donatello is the best thing in the game because he's so overpowered. Yeah, that's why I always start with Raph and Mikey. Because they're the two worst. Because they have such short range weapons. Yeah, Wrath is good to keep if for fly when you know there's going to be a lot of flying enemies because he hits he one shots all flying enemies. But for everything else, he's terrible. So I like to try to keep keep Wrath in the back pocket. But usually it's you know I'm running the game with Donatello ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, Rampage says uh, make the Sonic movie game to where. Where you can unlock Ugly Sonic. <laughs> Dude, that's not a bad idea at all. I, I love that idea, actually. Hmm. Uh, that would be great. I would play that. Uh, May of 1995, Enix releases King Arthur and the Knights of Justice for the Super Nintendo. I remember us talking about this, and it seems like a game that I would really like to play. And there's a cartoon series as well. Because yeah. I, I remember us talking about that weren't we gonna do I, a review of this and the cartoon series because i downloaded a rom of this i think the last time we talked about this and i saw it in my library and i'm like why do i have this 
And now I just remembered why I have that in my library. Yeah. Yeah, no, we should review it. Like, it, it looks fun. So I, I'd give it a shot. Yeah, I think we should do that. Let's do that for summertime. We'll do that during the summer. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll review it, and we'll do a, a commentary track if we can find the, the series somewhere. Yeah, Lord, it might be wherever Ninja Turtles is. Lord knows what it, all the streaming services listen to this show and whatever we're supposed to be streaming. They're just like, nope, you can't have it anymore. That's why the show's gotten more popular. It's actually the <laughs> the, the streaming executives <laughs> listening to it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you're up next. Oh, uh, let me see. I'm I'm still on the uh, uh, Wikipedia. Uh, in May 22nd of 2000, Rare releases Perfect Dark for the Nintendo 64 in North America. Talk about another game that needs a freaking re-release, man. Why has Nintendo not remastered and re-released Perfect Dark? Another movie adaptation that yeah. I think would be really good as well. You've got a James Bond-type character. You have a strong female. What What's not to like about Perfect Dark? And honestly, like it's, it's one of the best games for the Nintendo 64 and one of the best games that Rare ever made. And it still doesn't get the credit that it deserves. Yeah, it's so good. If nobody's ever played... I mean, you know, going back to the Nintendo 64 is a little rough, you know, these days, but man... That is just one game that Nintendo needs needs to bring back. Agreed. Last but not least, May of 2003, Rockstar Games releases Grand Theft Auto Vice City for Windows. My favorite thing about Vice City, just driving around listening to the music, because the soundtrack to that game is excellent. Oh, no kidding. I, I think Vice City was the last... Grand Theft Auto game I played that I played all the way through. Same. Uh, was it San Andreas or was it 4 that came out after this? Ooh, I think San Andreas was first, wasn't it? And then Vice Let's City. See. I don't There's remember. There's got to be uh, like a chronological order down here at the bottom of the article. Because I remember playing uh, San Grand Andreas, but I never finished it. So it was Vice City, then San Andreas, okay. then 4, and then 5. Yeah, I never played 4. I did get 5 for the PS4, but I didn't finish it. I think I got about 10 hours in and just got bored. I haven't played any beyond Vice City. I don't know why, I just, I just haven't. Oh but yeah, uh, Rampage says uh, Perfect Dark won't be on Nintendo because it's on Xbox. It is on the Rare Replay Collection. That's correct. It still should be a movie adaptation, though. Yeah, I mean, it still needs a you know, it still needs to be a, yeah. a ongoing uh, game series because it's just good. Mm-hmm. But uh, totally before, agree. Before we go into the review for tonight, Derek, would you like to return to doing the shoutouts? Yeah, and there's one in particular I've missed doing. Uh, we want to shout out our awesome patrons over at Patreon.com/slash NerdCaveRetro. We want to shout out. Our newest patron, Raven, Danny House, Justin Nispelt, John West, Daniel Salmon, Mr. B-Res Coffee himself, Mike Eveland, Tyler Watson, the official fact checker to the official fact checker, Axeblade07, Armez Jackson, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. I am the Rampage. Rampage! Here's a cool fact. 
A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, you have your... Staff set, Sergeant sketch. You have your Zoom settings where whenever you go over a certain decibel, your it cuts out. Oh crap! Uh, Sorry, rampage. And, you'll have to go back and take it off and and flip that off. Uh, I can imagine it only sounds like rampage. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it sounded <laughs> like. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Uh, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Mister Joey Image, and Mama Diamond herself. Donna Diamond. Thank Mama you all Diamond. so much for your continued contributions and keeping the lights on for us here at the Nerd Cave Retro Show. There is a commentary track. If you were to touch it, it would still be hot because it's so hot off the presses. Mm-hmm. We did, the two of us along with Wally, did a commentary track for the first two episodes of Tailspin. And it was a lot of fun going back and watching that show. I haven't watched it since the 90s. It's one of those few like Disney afternoon shows that's on Disney Plus that I've just never gone back to watch. And I will say that if you go and listen to it, if you're a, if you're a new to the Patreon or if you go sign up right now and you go listen to it um, <clears throat> and all you uh, all uh, other patrons that have been there. Uh, I do apologize because the episode is NSFW because I couldn't help myself with the crude humor during these episodes. <laughs> so after a while, it was just kind of like, eh, I'm just going to let it go. Well, it's like once you do it once and you've earned the the, the red E, <laughs> you might as well just keep going. Like the, the box has already been opened. Yep. But yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have another Patreon poll up soon for uh, some other ideas for you guys to vote on. So be on the lookout for that. But if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community for as little as a dollar a month, head over to patreon.com slash nerd cave retro. And for new patrons, send us your social media info, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. So we can give you a proper shout out. Hey, Derek, have you heard the news? What news? We officially have our very own line of coffee at brezcoffeeco.com. That's right. Nerd Cave Retro now has its very own medium roast coffee. If you want to try it yourself or even some of the other awesome flavors like Wizard's Potion, which is a butterscotch, caramel, and hazelnut flavored roast. Or the Dragon's Breath Roast, which is a cinnamon dolce flavored roast. They have tons of different flavors and you can also just get a regular Colombian roast and add any flavor to it that you want. They even keep their seasonal roasts all year round. If you need that boost to get you through those all-night gaming sessions, then head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use the promo code NCR for 10% off your order. 
And tonight, Derek is going to be talking about... Yeah! stupid <laughs> i want to somehow make that my next random lyric post yeah <laughs> on my twitter page <laughs> only a select few will get it but yeah uh this is the second of the three-way tie that i got on my patreon poll for my next review earthworm gem 2 uh of course it is the sequel to earthworm gem uh, it is a 1995 run-and-gun platform video game and the second and final game in the Earthworm Jim series developed by original creators Doug Tenaple, David Perry, and Shiny Entertainment. It was released in late 95 and early 96, depending on the region and the video game console, initially being released for the Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo before being ported to other platforms. One of which is the Game Boy Advance and was regarded as one of the worst ports ever made because it was unplayable. <laughs> and I remember reading about that uh, back in the day because I, I didn't play Earthworm Gem 1 and 2 uh, when they were initially out for the Super Nintendo and you know, the Genesis and other consoles of that era. I remember more the cartoon series mm -hmm. than I do the the games because the cartoon I think it came on uh, WB and I didn't have that channel so I never got to see it I still haven't seen a single episode to this day but I remember seeing commercials for it uh, on like home video releases and things like that so I reviewed the first game a while back and I I kind of fell in love with the weird and random type humor it, it reminded me of a like a family-friendly Conker's Bad Fur Day in a way where it's just like the the weird, just over-the-top, like random humor, but done in kind of a, a clean-ish sort yeah. of way. So I was excited to play the sequel because I, I had heard that the sequel was actually better. And I liked the first game quite a bit, so I was curious to, to dive in. And I, I'm going to be talking about the Super Nintendo version because it was available on the uh, the the Switch uh, online store um, on the Super Nintendo version of that. Uh, it plays, for the most part, similar to the first game. It, that, that run and gun platform style is still at the core of what makes this game. But the cool thing is there's more uh, there's more added to it. You know, we we have this conversation about how with sequels, you need to add a little bit more than what was there in the first game to to make it better. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. In this case, it does because there are different objectives that you have to do, and there are different ways to do it rather than just shooting things or you know using Jim's body as a whip in order to defeat enemies. Yeah. Uh, there's there's one level in particular where Jim's head blows up like a balloon. <laughs> And you remember in Super Mario World, whenever you grab the balloon and Mario kind of inflates and you yeah. have to maneuver past like different objects and everything. Yeah. There's a level that's that's like that. So it, it, it took me back to Super Mario World. And I'm like, OK, this is this is kind of cool. 
there's um, one level that just randomly turns into a trivia contest, <laughs> which makes no sense whatsoever, but nothing about this game makes sense. Yeah. Even the trivia itself does not make sense. But I, I found myself kind of enjoying it. Like, I, I'm very much a stickler for, you know, clear story and objective and things like that. But every now and then, I do like just games that you can shut your brain off to a degree and you just you enjoy that world and you enjoy the ride and that's how i could describe earthworm gem one and two see i never i don't think i ever played the second one because i found the first one like i I liked everything about it i liked the way it played i liked the the graphics i liked the sound effects the music everything but it was just so freaking hard and I, well, I just and, think I, I just never played the second one because I found the first one to be really just too hard. And Rampage says it best in the chat. It's much easier and digestible than the first game. I totally agree with that because I, I'm, I enjoyed the first game, but I agree with you in the sense that it, it is too hard in some places. And that's part of the reason why I never fully finished it. But with this game, the variety adds enough that you can keep going and it honestly makes the game more enjoyable. And I think if the first game had been like this, the sequel may not have been as good, but I got to say, this is a better game in my opinion than the original. Hmm. It's, it's easier, but not so easy that you just breeze right through it. And the variety just adds a lot to it and just like whenever you the final boss is essentially like a race and not really so much a fight but the same thing kind of happens in crash bandicoot 2 where you're racing dr cortex through space that's not really so much a fight where you're just having to defeat him until you before you get to a certain point otherwise you die and you have to restart it was it the first game or this one where you're going through like a like a tunnel and you're trying to avoid objects, like you're riding on a rocket. Does that happen in these games? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's one in 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 part two as well. Okay. It, it's I I won't say what it's called because it would be borderline uh, inappropriate. <laughs> but you can read the Wikipedia article and you can see for yourself. Any games where there was a tunnel involved were way too hard. Uh, a <laughs> battle toads. Oh God! Don't even get me started on battle toads. <laughs> but the the story is pretty much the same as the first one, where you have to rescue. And I love the names of these characters, by the way. The damsel in distress. Her name is Princess. What's her name? <laughs> and you have to rescue her from the primary villain, Psycho. Uh, so you go through and you 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 fight some villains that were in the first game as well, uh, but th- this is just such a it's a more pleasant game. You, you get more upgrades with your gun. Um, there there's one I think it's called the um, the barn blaster, where it, it if you fire it it kills every enemy that happens to be on screen. Huh. There's a, a bubble gun, which is completely useless. <laughs> Uh, and there's one, I think there's one that shoots electricity and there's one that you can use to like, you know, you have better aim at your targets. Yeah. So this adds enough that is a much better experience 
than the first game. Hmm. Well, I might give this one a try. Because like, like I said, I, I played the first one. I remember renting it back in the day and playing it, finding, finding it just a little too hard and just never really gave the second one a chance. So uh, I would love to see Earthworm Jim make a comeback, though. You know, it's like just that humor and just the weirdness of it. Just it's, I don't know. It's just I, I something I really like about it because it, it's just just so out there. Wouldn't this have been a perfect cartoon for like the heyday of Adult Swim? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or like a Comedy Central, or you could even put it on like an HBO Max, and it it would work. Like it, this would be if I were to make like a long list of video games that deserve a cartoon a live action series or a movie i mean i why not do an earthworm jim cartoon revival earthworm jim be an audience for it seems like he would fit perfectly like in the rick and morty universe they should have him well i don't think the show's around anymore but I, i agree with you it would be that same type of cartoon with that humor you could probably do the same kind of animation too yeah and and it would work, but it, this is just, it's a, it's like I said before, it's not like a groundbreaking game where you're going to feel like you've, you know, beat the original Legend of Zelda or something that's a little more iconic, but it's the perfect, it's somewhere between a time waster and like a, like a Zelda epic. It's enough on the silly side that you can just kind of shut your brain off and enjoy the the random humor that happens and just the ridiculous stuff. Like in the first level, there's this, I can't remember what it is, but there's this thing that's in the water that's blocking your way. And what you have to do is you find this pig pen and you grab a pig out of it, throw it down a chute. It goes up in the air and lands on the creature that's blocking you. And that's the only way you can get past it. (laughs) See, that sounds fun, like something I yeah. would want to play now. Well, it's like you're you're walking through the level and you're like, what is this pig pen doing here? And then a few feet later, you see this like homemade catapult and you see uh, it's titled Pig Shoot. <laughs> and I'm like, OK, well, what do I put the pig in it? And then I go back and you jump in the in the pen and these words press down start flashing all over the screen so you press down and you pick up a pig and you have to just wobble over to the chute and i'm like okay this and this happens like right at the beginning of the game and i'm like okay this is gonna be fun and there's a lot of other crazy weird stuff that happens too but it's fun like i i actually really liked going back and, and playing earthworm gem for the or Earthworm Gym 2 for the first time. Uh, IGN rated the game 40th on its top 100 SNES games of all time. That's pretty high. Mm-hmm. I never played the Genesis version, so I can't speak to that. But that that is pretty high praise. I, I, Earthworm Jim's popularity was brief, but he was relevant for a little bit of time. Yeah. Well, there was just that time in the 90s where we just were into weird, weird gross-out humor. You know, mm-hmm. we had Beavis and Butthead, we had Ren and Stimpy, you know, weird cartoons like, you know, uh, uh, Cat Dog and stuff like that. And, 
uh, what were some other stuff like Rocco's Modern Life and just yep. weird, weird animation and weird store gross out type of stuff and like Earthworm Jim was just he screams nineties to me. That's a cartoon we need to do a commentary track for is Rocco's Modern Life. Oh yeah, it it's still to this day my favorite cartoon of all time. That and Ninja Turtles are the only cartoons that I have the full series in, like on DVD. Dude, if you go back and watch stuff like Courage the Cowardly Dog, like those are so <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah, there, there's that would make a good top five list too, like top five '90s cartoons. I think you should do that for the Derek Diamond experience. I, I. Actually, I did. I did it before um, the show ended back yeah. in 2021. I remember. I remember that. that. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, it. Just it, there's just something about Earthworm Jim that just screams 90s to me. Just because it, he is a product of what the 90s were in pop culture. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Beavis and Butthead made a comeback. Yeah. Exactly. And I didn't think that would happen. And it's good. Have you watched them? Oh, is it good? I, yeah. I haven't seen it. They're very... There's there's one episode in season one. They just started season two. Dude, there's an episode in season one where Beavis is trying to learn how to twerk. And I almost oh my God. hurt myself laughing during that episode. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, I pulled a muscle laughing in that episode. So go please watch it. I wonder if there's a, a Beavis and Butthead game. Oh, there's a bunch for especially. Oh, is there? Okay. There was some for the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis, and they were, I think, a different type. Well, there was one I know for a fact that was just kind of like a side-scrolling platformer, but the, and it was the same Beavis, just Beavis and Butthead, but it was different for the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis. Like, it was two completely different games. We should do if there's enough to do it. We should do like a like a two week stretch where we each pick like a '90s obscure like weird humor game. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. Uh, Joey, I think the Snorks was '80s. Do you remember the Snorks? I do not remember the Snorks. Let me look that up. They were, were little people that they're kind of like Smurfs, but on the bottom of the ocean, and they had oh, <laughs> I I know of the Snorks, yeah. Yeah, I think that was eighty. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, eighty. No, that was seventies. Was it? Let's see. Well, the origins of the Snorks go back to seventy-seven. Wow! But the the animated series ran from eighty-four to eighty-nine. Yeah, I thought that was the eighties. I remember watching the Snorks. <laughs> Ma oh yeah, Mask M A S K. Those that mm -hmm. was a cool cartoon too. We should find that. If we could have a, a complex way of seeing the mask cartoons and maybe doing commentary for those, that'd be fun. Yep. We're, we're perplexed, yeah. so we need a complex <laughs> solution. But uh, getting back but, to Earthworm Jim, like, what kind of a rating would you give it? Uh, well, I wish I could remember what I rated the, um, the first game, because yeah, I, I definitely like this one better. Uh, I'm trying to I close the, the window, uh, but reception of the game was very positive. Source, source 
sources such as IGN and GameZone declared it as better overall than the original, which was also very well received. Destructoid praised the game's humor, innovative gameplay, and minigame style levels spread throughout the game were also held in high regard as a welcome change from the linear gameplay common at the time. Uh, EGM gave it a 7.875, that's oddly specific, out of 10. Um, IGN gave the Game Boy Advance version a 4. That I, I've I've heard stories that that Game Boy Advance port is bad, yeah, like real bad. Uh, let's see. Nintendo Magazine gave it ninety one out of a hundred. Super Play gave it an eighty five. I I think, I think a solid eight would be my rating. That's pretty high. I might have. To, I'm gonna have it's, to definitely good. go go play it. I th- I think you would enjoy it. It, it it's. I won't say it's hard in the beginning, but to me, like the gameplay was a little tough to to get into because I hadn't played the the first one in a while. But once you really get past the first level and the variety starts kicking in, it's a really fun game. Hmm. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. So are you going to go? Um, there was an Earthworm Jim for the Nintendo 64 or was it PlayStation? It was 64. 64? I'm pretty sure it was 64. Let me... Let me pull it up and see. Uh, Earthworm Jim 3D. Yeah, it was for Nintendo 64. I've heard that it is not great. I imagine but, it's garbage. But <laughs> but the listeners do like when we review the bad games. Yeah. I think so I, I, I think might have to due. keep that one in my back pocket. I think you're due for a bad game here soon. <laughs> well, not for my next one, Yeah, but so, sometime after that. Um, so I think from my next review, I've been really interested to play. There was an NES Avengers game that I kind of dipped my toes into uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I'm really interested in playing it. So I think I might play that this week and review it next week. It's the Avengers for the original Nintendo Entertainment System. And actually, from what okay. I've played so far, it's not bad. So I'm really interested no- to kind of deep dive into it. I had no clue there was a Avengers game for the NES. Mm-hmm. There were two GI Joe games as well uh, that I want to really go back and play too. So um, I might put up a Patreon poll of <laughs> for not a- for maybe after this next week because I think I do want to do the Avengers. But after that, I'm going to throw up a couple of games uh, on a Patreon poll for you guys to let me know what you would like me to review for the next month or so. It's a good way to make a decision. Yeah, we got to. And in my case, it was a three-way tie, so it gave me three reviews. I think did that on purpose. There's no way. (laughs) Probably, but I I like to take trolling and turn it Mm -hmm. into a positive. Uh, We'll put up a poll too for our next um, commentary tracks as well. And um, I'm thinking maybe next time we've done a lot of TV shows. Maybe maybe it's time to go back and, and do a movie. Maybe. Well, you know, there is a a certain iconic character that's returning in The Flash fairly mm, soon. That's a great idea. I and like I that. think you know what I mean. I like the way you think, sir. <laughs> you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Dude, I geeked out so hard when he said that. I'm like, he better say that in the movie. And then they put it in the trailer, and, and I'm like... <gasps> I mean, I know they put it in the trailer to get us there, but man, wouldn't that have been a much better moment to experience that in the theater with everybody? Yeah. 
I feel like maybe people would have went nuts when that. No pun intended. They would have went nuts when that happened. I feel like they kind of blew their wad a little bit with that. Yeah, because they already had me. I was already coming. Yeah, because it's Michael Keaton. But I don't know. I kind of wish that moment would have been with a bunch of people in a movie theater. You know. Oh, Joey says he wants to do our own dialogue dubbed over a movie. <laughs> we can so do that. We, yeah, he wants to do MST3K style. I'm okay I'm, with that. I'm totally okay with that. We'll f- we'll figure out what movie we'll do, and uh, we'll do that maybe for June or uh, June or July, and we'll uh, we'll do a movie with our own dialogue. That sounds fun. That'd be great. <laughs> We should make the the overlay too, like they do for MST3K with us, like sitting in theater seats, just pointing, like, "Oh, that's so stupid." And I'm sure we could do that in our Discord, where we could have, uh, we could make a Discord room where people could come and join us as we do it live. Uh, I want to uh, talk to uh, talk to Bethany Fox and see if we can set that up. Okay, that'd be fun. But uh, but that brings us, I think, to the end of the episode. And uh, is there yeah. any anything else? What's going on with Derek Diamond experience? I know it's coming up to the season ender here soon. So uh, for those that enjoy this show, you'll enjoy this week's Derek Diamond experience because Jason and Wally joined me to talk about a little known Disney Plus show called The Mandalorian. Uh, we review season three and really just talk about Star Wars for an hour. Mm-hmm. But who who doesn't like to talk about Star Wars? If you're looking for a linear conversation about season three, you're not going to find it. Yeah, (laughs) that ain't it. That ain't how the roundtables work. We we bounce a lot, a lot of topics, but they're all Star Wars related. So it's really just an hour long Star Wars discussion that's primarily about the Mandalorian. And and literally, that was like the fastest episode we've ever done of anything. Like it felt like it was like 10 minutes long. And it was over an hour. I know. I was like, man. It's just crazy. It's just crazy how when you're talking about the stuff you love, just the the time flies. And it's episodes like that that remind me of like why I fell in love with podcasting in the first place. Because it's like you're just listening to friends talk about stuff you like. Mm -hmm. And that's what that roundtable is. So you can go check that out on YouTube and the Derek Diamond Experience podcast feed. Just head over to linktree.com slash Podcast, And I mentioned it at the end of the episode. But next week, I'm doing the toughest top five I think that I will ever do. <laughs> Remind me to get you my list before you do So, it. Regan Bell and Christian Jones from formerly the Fantastic People podcast are going to join me. And we're doing top five moments from Star Wars. I already know I'm going to have like... I know my number one, but for as far as the other ones, I might have 20. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm going to have at least probably 10 honorable mentions. That's going to be hard, but we're we're recording it on um Thursday, ironically on May 4th. So that'll be out next week. I I'll put up the the post for the the top 5 submissions uh, probably right after we finish recording this. Awesome. So but if you're listening to it on the download, just go to facebook.com/tdiamondpodcast to leave your list. There's so many. What do I make for the other 4 in the top 5? I have my number 1, but the other 4 is going to be tough. Really tough to do. Your number 1 is Qui-Gon saying there's always a bigger fish, right? Yeah, exactly, you know. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> Lucky uh, guess. For the Open Micers podcast, at Open Micers on Twitter and Instagram. Last week, Wally joined me because uh, Jacob couldn't be there. And we talked about the Twitter blue checkmark fiasco. And then I the gave the infamous yeah, Twitter blue checkmark the fiasco. The infamous 
Twitter blue check fiasco, and we talked about. Um, I actually gave uh, gave Wally a quiz, a Dungeons and Dragons dungeon master quiz, to see what kind of dungeon master he really is. So if you want to go check that out, it is at Open Micers Twitter, Instagram, and OpenMicers.com takes you to the website. And I think that's going to do it for this week. Is there anything else that we need to to do before we throw out the door? Real quick, uh, May 27th, I'll be hosting another um, Gulf Coast Film Fest that will include another screening of the feature. Um, head over to at the feature movie on social media to find out ticket information. Awesome. And um, we need, I, I want to, this year, I, I've been thinking about it. I want to do a big thing, and I, I need to get your, you in on it so we can do a double feature with the feature and Monsters Anonymous. But I want to do a big monsters anonymous six-year anniversary this halloween okay i'm thinking about maybe we should do it like it won't be definitely on halloween night but somewhere close to it and i want to find an actual movie theater to do it okay no, that sounds great but uh we'll uh, we'll get together and talk about that offline yeah 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 absolutely but uh but that's gonna do it for this week let's go ahead and walk out the door if you want to email us, email us at NerdCaveRetro at gmail.com. We're at NerdCaveRetro.com, which is our link tree that includes our Facebook, our Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, and, of course, our merch shop at ncrmerch.com, where you can go get T-shirts, hats, stickers, magnets, bags, mugs, and whatever your nerdy little heart desires with all kind of designs centered around the show. Uh, and if you want to follow us on social media, it is at NerdCaveRetro, at JPunktastic, and at Eric underscore diamond and of course please leave us a review and or a five-star rating on all podcasting platforms so Derek, please tell them what it's all about may the way of the hero lead to the triforce yes.